Back on June 16th, 2020, we received a Connect card. You know the ones that we ask all of the people that are new to fill it out and we get to know them. And on this Connect card, they checked off the box that says, I'm interested in starting a relationship with Jesus. It was one of those moments where I thought, I think I can't just do the staple email. I can't just send them an email and say, hey guy, great to have you part of us. Let me know if you have any questions. I think it needed something more, so I felt like I should probably pick up the phone and phone him. So I prayed. I even told some of the staff that, that if it came to, if the opportunity arose, that I would not back away from leading this person to Christ. And there was a moment even where they kind of they teased me a bit and said, go get him, tiger. And so, so, of course, like we can't make anybody accept Jesus. It does take faith. Uh, faith is needed to run into a situation like that. Because of the uncertainty where the phone call would go, I can't make the conversation go that way. So I prayed and I phoned and it came to the point in the conversation where I heard this guy say that he knows he needs something and he's pretty sure that living a life for Jesus is that thing. So I asked him, what's stopping you from committing your life to Christ? He said, well, I guess nothing, nothing's stopping me. So that was my cue. That was my answer to prayer. That moment I was, I was praying about was that he said, nothing is stopping him. So I said, well, and you could feel the butterflies just coming up in my stomach. Do you want to do this right now? Can I lead you in a prayer of salvation? He responded with, yeah, yes, I would like to do that. Let's do that right now. So it was in that moment on the phone while he was at work in the middle of a pandemic that this guy stepped out in faith and believed in Jesus uh, that he could heal him and complete his life. He is going to live for Jesus now and for eternity. And his stepping out in faith started when I stepped out in faith. So here's my thought on all of this. And this is why I wanted to share the story. We should exercise faith more often, shouldn't we? So why, why don't we exercise faith more often? Why don't I exercise faith more often knowing that these sort of stories happen? Well, I think it's because it's scary. It's hard. There's uncertainty. And even a little fear of rejection of what they might say or just that they would reject my offer to help them. So here's where the Bible brings us to today into a couple stories about faith. There are some people in this story that believe without a doubt that Jesus could heal them and help them and their faith was rewarded. They concluded that faith in Jesus is the best way to live. So let's read the story in Matthew chapter 9, 18-26. It says this, While he was still saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come, put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touching, touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If only, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. 
Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, Go away, the girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put us outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. So here's my summary of how I understand the two stories and how they're all connected. The first story, we have the synagogue ruler in which other, gospels, other gospel writers name him Jairus. Jairus shows how he has great faith, knowing in his great need that if, if Jesus just touches his daughter, she would live again. And then we have the story within the story of the bleeding woman. So what we learn about the woman is that she has been bleeding for 12 years. Now, in the culture of the day, she was considered unclean, along with anything she touched. For the last 12 years, think about that. No one touching you. I guess we know a bit about what that might look like or feel like living in a pandemic, right? But 12 years of this. So she is desperate, to say the least. She was in great need of healing. So she, like Jairus, must have heard that the touch of Jesus or to touch Jesus would help her. The woman risked what people thought, risked making Jesus unclean even, and willingly broke the law. She was well aware of her condition, so she only touched his cloak, the edge of his cloak, and that from behind him. Jesus turns and acknowledges her with empathy and says, Take heart, daughter. And it is her faith that has healed her. Not the magical touching of his cloak. Her faith healed her. So now back to the first story. So Jesus gets to the house of Jairus and it's noisy to be expected. So why should we expect it to be noisy? Well, Jewish custom of a funeral was to have at least two flutes, and one wailing woman. <laughs> now, just stop for a second. Could you imagine if that was your role? That you were to be at the funeral being the wailing woman. It's just, it's hard to understand because in our, in our culture and in our, with our funerals, they're very somber, aren't they? And they're more hushed tones and often whispers before a funeral. It's very, very different culturally. So Jesus said, to the daughter, which was also what he called the bleeding woman who was asleep, this, this daughter who was asleep, not dead, which foreshadowed the waking of the dead that was about to happen. The crowd was dismissed. They laughed at him. They lacked faith. Maybe because they think that it wasn't possible to wake her because she's dead. Or maybe their thought was that they, they doubted he could even do it, that that it proved his statement was f foolish and false, that he couldn't actually do it. Regardless, these two approaches to faith are not a coincidence. He didn't only show that he could bring her back to life, but to bring her hope from despair. The people in the two stories were healed by faith, not by the touch of Jesus. Wow. Talk about, 
Talk about having enough faith to even to move mountains, right? And the, like these two stories were mountain stories. For someone to be bleeding for 12 years and someone who is dead to be raised, both being healed. So how do these two stories help us in the pandemic-ridden world that we live in today? Well, you might agree with me that COVID-19 is a big mountain for us. In fact, it's so big, it has foothills attached to it, doesn't it? That is such a big thing. But if we are to have faith as small as a mustard seed, we could move mountains. As it says in Matthew 17, verse 20, But the faith that we should have is not in our own strength, in our own ability to move mountains. We can't move mountains on our own. No, the faith needs to be in Jesus. That he will do what he says he will do. That he will do what he is capable for of for us. Just like in these two stories we read today. So we should exercise faith in Jesus. We should exercise it. With so much uncertainty, the pandemic of COVID-19 weighing us down and dragging on and on and on. It's easy to lose faith and to stop believing or to stop acting in faith. It's easy to throw up our hands and just say, well, oh well, we'll just have to wait this out. But instead, we can, in the midst of this whole thing, be active in prayer, be active in seeking out what Jesus might want to be doing through us despite the pandemic. I know personally, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm pursuing that. You know, this, the guy that, we mentioned, that I mentioned at the beginning is worth stepping out in faith for in the middle of a pandemic. I know some of you have been struggling during COVID-19 with your walk with Jesus, which is the reality, but also doesn't really make sense, does it? We've had more time than normal to reflect on things. Things are changing, things are shutting down, or have shut down for a while, and we've had more time to reflect. It could be that that we struggle with our reading our Bible or praying or, or carrying out our spiritual disciplines. But this is what we need most of all right now. This is what we need to do. We need to carve out time in our schedule, our crazy schedule, our somewhat different schedule, our busy in a different way schedule. We need to carve that out and to spend time in our, with our relationship with God. Everything pales in comparison to the eternal investment and impact you can make with Jesus. We need to exercise faith during COVID-19. We do. We need to step out in faith and run to Jesus. So just go for it. So how do we exercise faith and build trust in Jesus? Well, we can't have faith in Jesus if we don't feel like we need him. We can't have that faith if we don't feel like we need him to do stuff, to help us. So how many of us slip into that self-dependency where we feel sufficient enough without him? I know I struggle with that sometimes. Where I feel like I can even maybe fool myself into thinking I can even heal myself. Because I, I feel like I can do this on my own. But we need absolute trust in Jesus. So here are a few ways that we can start building our faith on our own. So the first, the first one is through prayer. Colossians 4 verse 2 says that we need to devote ourselves to prayer. 
We need to devote ourselves to prayer. Prayer shows dependency on God and not on ourselves. That's what prayer does for us. Are we devoting ourselves enough to prayer? If no, how are we going to change that? Are we praying as we are going? If we go to meet with somebody, are we praying beforehand? Are we praying during the meeting? Are we praying afterwards? How is prayer the way you live your life? How is prayer the way you live your life? As we age, we should be confessing more of our sin. We should be finding ourselves praying more often and trusting Jesus all the more. Is that a reflection of your life today? So how else can we build our faith? Well, we can do that through reading the Bible. That's my second point. We can read faith stories like in, in Hebrews chapter 11 where it lists all those different people and all the faith that they experienced. Let those stories impact you. Watch how these people stepped out in faith so bravely, imitate their faith. Their faith happened even not even knowing what the answer was, was didn't even know what the end result was, yet they stepped out in faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's what faith is. And then, my third point is, to put ourselves in situations that require faith. Either physically or circumstantially, look for opportunities. This isn't necessarily going to come e- ne- uh, easily or naturally. It could, but it doesn't necessarily happen that way. It's going to take effort. It's going to take time and a step of faith on our own part. In fact, I heard someone say recently that faith requires a need. Where, where is faith if there isn't a need to exercise faith? Isn't that true? Put yourself into situations where faith is required. For example, you could be generous with your money or your time or your material things. Even though you aren't comfortable in doing it, you know that feeling. I know that feeling really well. Where you're reluctant to really give of the time or give of the money or give of letting, lending something to somebody. But believing God will provide for you as you are generous. That's an example of faith. Being certain of what we, we do not see. Not really knowing the outcome, but going for it anyways. So maybe call, God is calling you to do something like that today. Maybe though faith isn't easy for you or you don't even expect Jesus to do anything for you. Maybe you're, you're watching and that's exactly how you feel right now. Well, when we have nowhere to run and nothing to turn to, I challenge you to turn to Jesus. Like these two stories in the Bible, in their need, in your need, turn to Jesus. Is this you today? Or maybe this is you when we have everything, everywhere to run or everything to turn to. Turn to Jesus. In your comfortable life, know it is Jesus you need most. You see, whether you feel you need him or not, faith in Jesus is rewarding. I know people who don't feel that they need Jesus, so they don't pursue him daily. Good people moral people, even Christian people that don't 
feel they need Jesus regularly. Do you feel like these people? Are you there right now in that moment? Or do you know people who don't need Jesus regularly? Well, how do we help them? How do we get ourselves out of that? And how do we help others to get out of that, that feeling? I think we should pray for them. Pray for them to ultimately feel or know that need intuitively. That's our part. Our part is to pray that that, that that would be broken, that Jesus would enter in, because this is not something that we can create on our own. We can't create the need for them. Only God can create it, and only they can respond to it. That's the only way it can work. You can't respond for them. So be resilient and persistent in prayer. Are you going to pursue a life that is exercising faith in Jesus? Who in your life needs to be just asked whether or not they're ready to follow Jesus for the first time? It could be that the reason is, is that they just didn't know or no one's ever asked them. And that's all that's needed for them to come to Jesus. Like the guy that I mentioned at the beginning of the service today. Faith in Jesus is the best way to live. Like we saw in the stories today. Now, if you're watching and you would say you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you want someone to help you in starting that relationship, or, or if you would like someone to pray with you, you can fill out our Connect card at southridgefellowship.ca, just like the guy did at the beginning of my message today. And I would love to connect with you and talk with you and help you and lead you, help you lead, lead you to Jesus in this time. Now, let's close in prayer together today. Lord Jesus, we pray that we will have great faith to do what you have called us to do and to be who you've called us to be. Give us the courage to have great faith. May we look to those stories today and remember that you have all the power and all the authority of life and death and you want us to come to you. You want us to continue in relationship with you, but you have also asked us to make disciples of others so to, so that they are led to Jesus. Show us in our lives right now those things we need to have deeper faith in. Bring them to our minds right now, Jesus. Those things we, we commit to you now. We pray and we believe that you are who you say you are and you have the power to see it through and to save us. We commit our lives to you now, surrendering our will to your awesome will for us. We trust you and commit to you now. In Jesus' name, amen.